never know how to open these things or close them. We usually just kind of trail in. Do you want to preface with how we're both fighting some major allergies? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to start oh, with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And we'll probably be like sniffling, sneezing, and coughing and hacking through this whole thing. That's probably a good idea. All right. Well, welcome to episode 25 of the So Talk to Me podcast. Dang, episode 25. 25. That's a quarter of a hundred. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's like almost half a year. Yeah. I mean, we missed a week, so it has been six months. That's crazy. Of doing this podcast. Yeah, that is crazy. I uh, would not have thought that to be the case. It doesn't feel like yeah. it's been six months of doing this. Well, I honestly didn't even think we'd get past 10 episodes, so. Oh, dang. <laughs> well, then. Uh, Just because what? life is crazy, and so I didn't think that we'd be able to sustain this, but hey, it's worked out. Sustained, like Nigel Tufnell's guitar. The sustain. Don't look at it. Don't even look at it. <laughs> but it goes to 11. Okay, so I have a very random question. Yes, what is your random question? Um, I see memes. Memes. And... Maymays. Dank, dank maymays. Like jokes talking about Tide Pods, and Tide I have pods. no idea what the joke is. Well, do I have a YouTube um, account for you to check out? <laughs> Um, what's it called? Like, what's your, no, not, know your meme is a website and that's a pretty good website for, um, understanding memes. But, um, there's a dude I subscribe to on YouTube who can be a little vulgar, <coughs> but he's generally pretty funny. Um, behind the meme, that's what it is behind the meme. Um, he's pretty funny. He, he helps me. Get in touch with the modern kids these days and make the maymays. Because um, I don't really know. Um, so Tide Pods, the, the quick and dirty thing, is that because of the way that they look, they kind of look like candy. It, it's sort of like one of those, um, like the gallon challenge, the milk challenge, or the... Um, or the spoonful of cinnamon, the cinnamon challenge. There oh, you go. Uh -huh. It's sort of like that thing where like someone saw Tide Pods and they were like. Tide Pod. That, that's the like, that's like the dish dishwashing. Thing, yes. Right? Yeah. So the pod is, you know, it's, it's made of like some sort of material that dissolves in water. So instead right. of having to put in the, the dishwashing liquid into your right. dishwasher. Yeah. I know how they the work. Tide Pod. In. Uh -huh. Okay. So, um, so instead of putting it in the dishwasher, now you put it in your mouth. And you swallow. Apparently, Are these people trying to kill it's themselves? a thing. Uh, I'm, well, I've heard that it can it can do some damage to your insides. Like it is um, not no good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was quite the reaction. Um, well, it's just absolutely ridiculous and idiotic to eat one of those things. Well, yeah, but there's lots of idiotic stuff that goes on on YouTube. I mean. You do it for the memes. You do it for the clicks. You do it for the likes. You do it for the comments. Do it for the subscribes. <laughs> do it for the vine. Vine's dead. Long live vine. Not really. So, I never so, got vine. So, so in this mm, video, yeah. mm -hmm. people are eating these things? Um, I don't know if it's a single video, but that, like that's the thing is people, people eat them now. It's like a challenge. Eat the Tide Pod. It looks like a piece of candy that you put in your mouth and you swallow and... 
then you go to the hospital. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's also Why are people so dumb? Well, yeah, that's that's this part of it. So the first part is that there's the there's the meme, uh, you eat the Tide Pod, uh, and then, yeah, you end up in the hospital. And then the other part of it is that now people are just like, oh my gosh, this generation is so dumb. I was going to use other words, but they, they might be kind of offensive. Um, yeah, this this generation is so dumb. They're eating Tide Pods. This is ridiculous. So. Um, your eyes are very wide and I'm I don't sorry. know what is going on I right just, now. I just scrolled down my Facebook feed and there's a video of a man just like, I guess he normally just walks around barefoot. So he has just a ton of like dead dry skin on his feet. Oh, delicious. Cutting it off with a huge knife. <laughs> And Classic. That's why my eyes are so big? Because he's. It looks like he's carving meat, but he's carving his foot. Awesome. And it's that is. Oh, some... and it just closed up. Okay. Nope. 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 Scrolling away. Scrolling away. Scrolling away. That goodbye. is some quality YouTube right there, oh my or Facebook or whatever social media video uploading platform internet thingy. That's some good stuff. So, anyways, um, we do need to throw out a little disclaimer, okay? Um, We both are suffering from some pretty uh, intense allergies. Oh, I thought we already did that. Uh, We sort of, we said it to each other, but we didn't say it to them. Oh, I thought that's what happened. They're listening right now. (laughs) I know, but I'm going to include that in there so it sounds even funnier when I (coughs) explain it twice. Um, So there will be coughing. There will be sniffling. There may even be some sneezing. Probably. Uh, I'm sure you can tell right now that my nose is pretty nasty. And so my voice is a little hoarse, little hoarse, little hoarse, like the basketball horse. You dunk it. Your friend has to dunk it or they get an H and they're a horse. The end. Sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. Honestly, I'm probably just overcompensating because I'm afraid that if I don't continue talking that I'm going to fall asleep because my allergies. So Sorry, guys. Same. Anyways, allergies. Yeah, they're intense and they stink. But that's just how it goes. We're allergic yep. to things and those things when they get up your yeah, nose. Yeah, apparently we're super allergic to cats. Yeah, apparently. Really? I mean, we knew <laughs> we knew we were allergic, but like... To the Powerball. To be so allergic that just like... I don't know, a... Just a few hairs coming in our house just makes hairs. us go crazy. Cat hairs. Our sweet, sweet, sweet neighbor. Oh, wow. You are actually brought... calling them out by name. No, I'm not. Dang. You're right. You didn't use any names. Okay, proceed. Our sweet, sweet, sweet neighbor brought over some clothes and stuff for, for Josephine because their adorable little girl grew out of them. That's so sweet. It is. It's they really sweet. So sweet. It's so nice. Sweet. Oh my gosh. Anyways, you were just making fun of me. I thought you were agreeing with me. (laughs) No, they are sweet. I Um, was agreeing. (laughs) I'm sorry. But they they brought this stuff over and they have cats. And basically ever since we had that stuff in our house, we've been having some allergy problems. 
And I just figured that out today that that's what was causing our allergy problems. Yeah, I thought we were both simultaneously coming down with some sort of sickness because we were both feeling the same way, like yeah. real scratchy, raw. But throat. the kids were fine; they weren't yeah. feeling anything. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't allergic to cats when I was a kid. And neither was I. It's just as you it get just, older yeah, and your body deteriorates and falls apart. Yep. While you're using it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. I mean, I knew we were allergic to cats. I just didn't know we were that allergic that like we don't even have to be in the person's house where they have the cats. If they just bring part of their house to our home, we our allergies go crazy. Start dying. That's so sweet. Sorry. So hmm. apparently you have a, a f- Facebook friend anniversary with Nate. Friend anniversary. Um, that I just popped up on my timeline. Oh, I did a few days. Wait, 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 which Nate? Oh, it was on Monday. Sorry. Okay, I was that about was, to say. I was like, I'm a little late. To the I party. know a couple Nates. There's one that's going to be in our family soon. Shout out to you, sir. You're probably not even listening. I mean, you started <laughs> listening to some of our podcasts, but then you fell off the train. I mean, that's okay. You don't have to listen to us. That's fine. You can do what you want. I don't care. Go play a board game. Does the other Nate listen to us? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pennsylvania Nate. You're the McKeever? cool Nate. Yes, sir. Excuse me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me right now. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, Keevy. Nate McKeevy. Always posting pictures of... No, it says McKeever. I know. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It says <laughs> right here. Skeeve McKeeve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does he go by that? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. No, I'm just kidding. No, Nate's awesome. He's super cool. He's always posting pictures of whiskey and cigars. I'm just like, dang, man. Well, and the other thing, okay, so you know how we talk about, oh, it's cold here in Austin. Oh, my gosh, it's 30 degrees. It's like constantly snowing in Pennsylvania, and he's outside with his big huskies. Uh, They're dogs. I'm I'm not making a joke. (laughs) Um, And I assumed you meant the dog. And (laughs) I don't even know. I don't know what I'm saying. Green tea, guys. It's good stuff. Um, oh, I'm drinking yeah, a hot no, toddy over hardcore. here. Oh, wow. You're the one drinking alcohol. <laughs> wow. You'd think that it was me, but no. I mean, I had a beer with dinner, but that doesn't matter. Dinner was a while ago. <clears throat> so, anyways, Nate, Sorry you're super cool. Slurp. Thanks for sticking around, man. If you ever want to leave, it's okay. I won't talk about you behind your back on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, talk to me. What's going on in the world of motherhood? Um, just fighting some allergies. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, fighting them, beating them down with yeah. your fists, bare knuckle brawl. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right. Good. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> it's been it's been a lot more chill around here since the. ABC sale is over and the a big consignment sale. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. 
And also my women's Bible study, we just ended our study. And so that'll be oh, it's like over? a break for a month before the next one starts. Dang, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, I think we're still meeting again next week, but it's for like oh. a potluck get together thing. It's not like, it's not a study. Oh. It's just to celebrate the end of the study. Or celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Sort of, I guess. I don't know what that's from. Oh, it's it's an old worship song. It's cheesy. It's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, that is very cheesy. Yes. Can you hear me when I whisper? Um, barely. I can, I can hear myself in my headphones, but you don't have headphones. I can barely so. hear you when you whisper. Isn't that sort of the point of whispering? I mean, that's sort of the point. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm being annoying. I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to... You said it, not me. Yeah. I just sniffed in the microphone. That's fun. Actually, I'm going to need a... Uh, necklace? Kleenex? I'm going to need a necklace for I'm this. I'm need a necklace up my nose. That seriously feels so good on my throat. Mm-hmm. The tea. It's good stuff. All right, well, um, I'm just going to jump into a recommendation real quick before we kind of talk about some other topics. Whoa, jumping the gun there. I know. I, I just don't want to be organized today. I just I just want to let everyone know. Fine. Because it's super cool. And because I don't really have any other recommendations. But we'll get to that later. Uh, so we talk about the dividing line a lot, it seems like. But I finally got caught up, sort of, for the most part. Anyways, um, there's an episode, Dr. James White. You know, he has this podcast it's called The Dividing Line. And he's got this uh, super cool friend who believes a lot of different things theologically than he does. But they're both super cool friends, and I think that's awesome. Super cool friends! Yeah, they should get, like, rings and then use them together and turn into things. That'd be pretty cool. Like if they were Wonder Twins. That's what I was trying to say. Just keep, so they just should keep like going. buy a box of cereal and get. Okay, so um, uh, what did I say his name was? I assume you're talking about Michael Brown. Michael Brown. You hadn't hey. said his name, but I assume that's. Who I you're never noticed about. that before. It's Doctor White and Doctor Brown. Ha! <laughs> that's funny. They're both colors. So, um, anyways, he was on the program uh, probably like a month ago now, but they were talking about. Um, the fulfillment of prophecy in Jesus crucifixion. And so it just, it was really cool for me because like, you know, working on staff at a church, I know I, I preface a lot of sentences by saying that, but um, Easter's coming up. And so we're kind of thinking about, yeah, yeah. Thinking about programming for Easter and you know, what we're going to do if we're going to do anything special. Side note, we don't think it's sin to do anything special on Easter. Um, I just prefer not doing anything special because that means that you have to work more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Selfish. But, but. but I also like celebrating Jesus' resurrection, so it's kind of like, yeah, I, I guess we will. Um, But this was like the perfect um, episode of the podcast to listen to, to kind of, um, kind of think about you know, what Easter means, the resurrection, like the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Obviously, as Christians, you know, we want to be reminded of that as much as possible and, and really deeply consider that and its implication on our life, on our life, on our lives, 
in our life. Um, but this this episode was super cool because they took a look primarily at Psalm 22, um, which is a prophetic psalm about the suffering of Jesus. And it's crazy because of how um, unique the psalm is in the way that it describes crucifixion before crucifixion had ever even been invented. Um, and it just, you know, it just goes to show that God was the one writing scriptures, right? Um, but it's really cool because especially with Dr. Brown, he is um, uh, ethnically Jewish and so he he knows Hebrew, like he studies his his forte is like biblical. I mean, maybe not translation, but like Bible study in the original text. Whereas like James White knows Greek, and so he knows he can really take a deep dive into like a lot of the New Testament texts. Uh, Michael Brown does so with the Old Testament, and uh, and he's a Christian, so like you know, he believes in the Messiah, in Jesus, the Messiah. And, and so he brings all that old Testament, um, interpretation through the lens of Christ, which is awesome. But so he takes, it's just such a deep dive into what Psalm 22 is. And then they also relate it to Isaiah and the suffering servant. Um, and it is super cool. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. So I'll stop there except to say, check out that episode. It's such, um, it, yeah, it, it'll help you kind of get, uh, remind you of how miraculous this, uh, the resurrection, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus is. And I think it'll prepare you for your Easter celebration, whether or not you choose to celebrate Easter, because, you know, Reformed people don't like holidays. <laughs> Sorry, no one could see me. So that's my recommendation. I'll put a link to the specific episode um, in the description. That's what it's called. Description of this episode. Coolio. I'd start humming one of his tunes, but I I don't know Coolio at all. I just know it's a rapper's name, yeah. or was he just an RB? RB R N B Arby's. Um, what? Not really R and B. Most mostly hip hop. Hip hop. There you go. What's the difference between rap and hip hop? Um. I'm not really sure, to be honest. No one ever is. I don't listen to that type of music very much, though. Gotcha. I don't. Except Coolio. You talk about him all the time. I listened to him in the 90s. Yeah. The song that was on the radio. But you bring him up like every time I say something. (laughs) When I say Coolio. Yeah. Although on group me when I say Coolio, I don't say Coolio. I just post a picture of Coolio to say Coolio <laughs> because it's funny. Exactly. You bring them up all the time. <laughs> so talk to me. I have been. I know, but earlier I'm just when you said that you asked me about what I've been up to lately. And so now I'm asking you. Asking me what? What have I been up to? Yeah. Oh, geez. I don't know, man. Um, so this week is the last week of my class that I'm taking at the moment, uh, research writing class. So I am finishing up a research paper, which fun. is fun. Yeah, yeah. No, What's your it's, research it's paper on? It is on 
Oh gosh. So the 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 writing prompt was basically our secular disciplines beneficial for the Christian. That's basically what it is. The words aren't coming to me right now. But it's sort of like either you write a paper saying, no, you should only, you know, pursue like Christian endeavors. Um, Or you'd write a paper, in my case, explaining why you believe that uh, what my paper is about is that all things point to God. That because God is the creator of all things that... um, all of creation says something about God. And um, particularly when uh, learning to interpret and apply scripture, um, it requires... Disciplines. Dis- yeah, yeah, different scientific disciplines. And we've talked about it here on the podcast, you know, about um, how to read scripture um, and the different ways that you interpret scripture. Or not ways, but... Um, Your hermeneutic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so... So yeah, it's fun. It's cool. I enjoy it. It's a uh, it's a lot simpler than last semester, so it's not as many late nights and early mornings. But um, I mean, the only problem is that it kind of backfires, and then I get lazy because I'm like, oh, it's not that much work to do, and then I'm down to the last week, and I still have a bunch of editing to do, and I don't know when I'm going to do it, but it's going to get done sometime. So. I don't know when you ask what the last week has been. I mean that that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Work is work is still good. I know I don't go into detail about that, and I apologize, but just keeping on, keeping on. Same old, same old. Not really, but it, it's it it's like fixing research a into yeah, fixing a projector. I was researching, and I actually purchased another wireless system because our old wireless system. The, the mic that the pastor uses is on a frequency that the FCC recently sold off to uh, TV stations. So that frequency and that equipment is going to be illegal in the next like year. Oh. Um, yeah. Super interesting stuff, right? I mean, well, man. that is kind of weird. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. That they can just say, Hey, anyone who's using any equipment on this frequency, you're going to have to stop. Mm hmm trash it not really i mean there's there's certain programs that wireless microphone companies are doing where you can trade in your old equipment and get a small sum back if you purchase their new equipment so they're taking advantage of it but the fcc is just like okay stop using it we're making money and you're not peace because they're awesome no actually i was telling um someone at work that Actually, he was asking what I was doing, and I kind of explained it to him. And he was like, wow, the FCC can sell frequencies. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what they do is they regulate that stuff. And he just came back to me, and he was like, well, yeah, but it is a completely intangible thing. Like, they are selling airspace, <laughs> like, frequency... Frequency and spectrum is just like literally in the air. It's just air waves. Just because it's because it is an intangible thing, it was just kind of crazy to him to think it can be bought and sold. <laughs> so, which I hadn't really thought about. 
but it sure is interesting, right? Please don't go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. It's good. Life is good. Week has been good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there was another topic you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to try and approach this. But I'm I had not... a topic, but I completely forgot what no! it was. No! That's mom brain for you. Oh, man. Well, um, so I'll, I'll, the backstory to this is that my favorite band in high school, a band called Under Oath, just um, got back together and they just released their new single off their new album that's coming out in a month or two and announced a tour and <clears throat> excuse me um this band they they used to be a christian band that that's in quotation marks you can't see my little finger quotes <laughs> um you know for whatever that's worth i kind of i uh, kind of side with Derek Webb's explanation of like what is Christian like Christian should only describe a person it doesn't really make sense to describe a thing as a, f- a follower of Christ like that doesn't make sense hmm. like Christ following music that that kind of an oxymoron music can't do that well I think it's of it as do that. more like describing something that's within the biblical worldview Okay, that makes sense. But then, can instrumental music be in a biblical worldview? Mm. No. See, I'd I'd argue the opposite of that. It has to be. You have to have a biblical worldview in order to, or at least you have to you have to assume that there's a God. Now we're going into philosophy, right? right? Okay. So sorry. Now I'm no. (laughs) Yeah. Already, already a tangent, right? I'm just trying to like explain this band. Anyways, um, the band started out, you know, a bunch of dudes in youth group got together and played metal music and they put out a couple albums and, um, that I don't particularly like. And then they lost half the band and then they reformed and with other people. And that's when I started listening to them. And, um, I mean, you know, the genre, I guess you could call them like metal core, um, screamo, screamo. if okay, you yeah. want to. I mean, that, they're, they're, that's what I always, put them under well they're uh, the first album that i started listening to they're only chasing safety um that one's more emo sounding with screaming but after that it was a lot more like hardcore sounding than just straight kind of emo um so i'd i'd call them metalcore for most of what they've put out regardless we don't have to talk about genres that's another tangent exactly exactly <laughs> so anyways this band under oath um i loved them in high school and uh, well, they were yeah, your favorite they for were my a favorite long time mm-hmm. yep yep i still i still love so i mean they they put out some fantastic albums that you i can still still use their band name in some form as like passwords for things. hey hey <laughs> you can't tell people that hey now people are gonna like hack all my stuff maybe it'll make you change your password since you've had the same ones forever jeez what is this anyways in the uh in the interim period um when they broke up i mean they broke up like seven or eight years ago they left some they lost some members um 
their their um their clean vocalist was their drummer and he left the band uh before the band broke up and he left the band to kind of do his own like foo fighter style music and then he became just like a worship leader for a while and um anyways the band got back together they released this single and they have basically like stories about them have come out like they have come out and said even before they broke up that they were no longer a christian band they couldn't call themselves christian because like half the members in the band aren't christians anymore um, i said anymore uh in so many words that's that's my understanding yes like half the band no longer claims to be christians oh okay so like i mean take that for whatever like like this band used to um stop their set and talk about jesus you know for like five or ten minutes in between songs like that's what they used to do and then it got to the point where like half the people in the band just decided they don't believe that anymore Mm. um so it was already in the on the in terms of christianity had already kind of gone downhill anyways they released this this single um for their new album and in the first verse, they drop the F-bomb. Um, which, if you know me, if you've had conversations with me about this, I'm not too bothered by that in general. Um, I don't... You know, we, we have thoughts on strong language. I don't think it's always inappropriate. I know that's not necessarily the, the reformed Christian thing to say, um, <laughs> but, but I don't. Um, we can talk about that some other time. So I don't want to jump to conclusions on that front except to say that it is their first single in almost a decade and they're they intentionally did that within the first like 30 seconds of the song you hear that for i think they're intentionally making a statement like we are no longer the band that we used to be and like don't expect us to to fit into your idea of who we used to be Mm. And it's kind of sad um, because I like who they used to be. I get as people, we all change. That's, that's fine. I'm not, it, there's just a, yeah, it's but not even necessarily them. Well, the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and so, th- so there's a number of things that goes into this, right? So, so the drummer that I talked about who used to be a worship leader is, is now back in the band since they've reformed. So, so he has his hands in this new album as well. Um, and his story is kind of strange. I say kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. Um, he, he was married young. Um, he has a kid, but they recently got divorced a few years ago. Um, he was on another podcast where he talked about it and he said that it just wasn't working between them and his parents were, they ended up staying together while their kids were in the house and he said it was terrible. And as soon as the kids left, they divorced and he said he wished his parents would have divorced beforehand instead of staying together for the kids because it made for a very bad home environment. And so like that was his reasoning because him and his wife couldn't get along anymore then for the sake of his kids, he just, you know, dropped the marriage. Which, to me, in my view of marriage, is extremely tragic, especially for someone who claims Christ, especially for someone who is leading worship in yeah. different church venues. Um, 
So like leading people into worshiping God in song, but not necessarily worshiping him with your life. Mm. I don't want to be too harsh. Obviously, um, you know, I don't want to condemn anyone who's divorced. Like that's, that's the least of what I'm trying to say. Just that his reasoning was not at all, at least from the, from the podcast that I listened to his reasoning, he used absolutely no scriptural backing for divorcing. It was simply, it wasn't working and we were antagonistic to each other. Cause what the Bible says is that, um, a man is supposed to love his wife like Christ loved the, loves the church. And laid himself down for her. Yeah. So A I, sacrificial love. Exactly. Exactly. I can't claim to understand what they were going through. I can't. But the way that he described it made it sound like there, that that hadn't happened. I... I, I I will say, I mean, he said, you know, we tried everything. We went to counseling. We did all these things. So it, it's not that, it's not that he didn't try. It just, um, it's just sad to me. Anyways, I don't want to dwell too long on that, except that now, um, he's just very vocal. He used in like any, um, interview that I've heard with him recently within the past couple of years, he's very vocal. He uses lots of, um, what, you know, the culture calls curse words, he uses lots of strong language. Um, it's, Is he it's still just a worship very, leader? No, I don't think he's leading worship anymore. I don't think he wanted to want... I think he got out of that industry because of the way that it kind of pigeonholed him. Um, which I understand, and that's actually part of the part of what I wanted to talk about was just the Christian music industry in general. But it's it's still just this weird, like this guy leading people in song to worship God is like living a life that is um, not what you'd imagine a Christian to be. Well, I'm trying to know. wrap my brain around being a worship leader, pigeon holding him. Like, what does that mean? So um, basically like he thought he could just be a worship leader and then also be like a touring musician on the like at the same time, like I'm confused. Um, my understanding, I don't mean to put words in his mouth is that it's more like, um, this is the type of music that we want you, like we want you to say in your songs, X, Y, Z, like it has to be all hearts and flowers and praise God in these songs that you're writing for us. Does that make sense? The business side of the Christian music industry was, write a song in such a way that you are going to bring hope to the people who are listening and um, imagine that the listener is on their last leg and they need to just hear you brighten their day and then we'll put out your album mm. and play your songs on the radio. Got you. So like positive, encouraging Caleb type stuff. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, which, I mean, we've talked about the Psalms here on the podcast before. Um, I don't think that's all that uh, worship needs to be. <laughs> yeah. I think worship can say a lot more than that. But um, regardless, uh, well, actually, no, I, I don't want to just make this all about him. I'm sorry. My observations, however, um, 
the, it, it just it had me thinking about a number of different musicians that I highly respect because of the music that they've put out and um, the the arena of kind of not even necessarily Christian music, but just the type of music that is encouraging um, for Christians, if that makes any sense, and kind of the lives that they're living at the moment. And it got me thinking about um, a couple things, the Christian music industry in general, but also about um, a specific church. Um, so I don't know if you know about the church called Mars Hill um, that was headed up by Mark Driscoll. Um, I used to like it. I used to like their stuff. I thought it was it was very Jesus-centered, which was super cool. Apparently, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes, um, the the head pastor was pretty abusive in terms of just the way that he led the church and just kind of steamrolled everyone else. And it made for a very antagonistic um, uh, staff environment. Um, and the church imploded, which is really sad. But that church was, they had just started a music label when they, um, when they went under, because they went under like pretty suddenly is what yeah. it felt like. I felt like it all kind of went down the drain really fast. And they had a, a number of different campuses. And I remember looking on their, on their website and seeing like the worship leaders at their different locations. And there's um, a guy we've talked about, the lead singer for thrice, Dustin Kensrew was one of the worship leaders. Um, the lead singer for a band called Emery that I really like. Um, Toby, Toby, what's his name? Toby Keith, not Toby no. Keith. Um, <laughs> Toby Morell. There you go. To Toby Morell was one of the worship leaders. And um, it was just, it was really cool to see like these guys from these bands that I really enjoyed um, are leading worship at this church. And that's super cool. Now, fast forward to now, you know, like, what is it? Probably like five years since that church went under. And... Um, some of the things that they say are not so encouraging. Um, I know Dustin Kensrew, he put out an awesome worship album that we do. We do a bunch of his songs at church, which is really cool. Um, but I've, I've seen him post, like, I know that, the, or there was an interview actually that I heard from him that he um, no longer believes in the inerrancy of scripture, which I'm kind of like, oh, that kind of like, that kind of shoots you in the foot. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, blessed inconsistencies, right? Not, I don't want to jump the gun, but that's just, that's sad to hear that you don't believe that the Bible is all true. Yeah. Wow. That stinks. Um, and then, and Toby, he has a podcast called bad Christian. And if I can paint with a broad brush for a second, um, their, their whole shtick is that they are bad Christians, but they have a great savior. Like they've never been good at being Christians. Um, and I think that that is an admirable position to like, to say that I messed up, you know, to confess that you're sinful um, is a good thing, mm -hmm. right? So you're not filled with pride. And that's primarily what it was is it's kind of a backlash against like the church that wants to look all clean and uh, yeah, that's kind perfect. of how it started. Yes. The problem is that because that's their moniker, because that's their badge, is that they're bad Christians. Um, 
you kind of get the sense that they're not trying to be better, that they're not attempting to fight their sin, that they're not trying to um, become more like Christ, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, again, painting with a broad brush. Um, like just in the way that they talk or the things that they talk about? Yes. I don't I'll, know. if you, you used to listen to it. I don't know if you've listened. I haven't heard you listening to it in a while. Yeah, so. no, it's been a very long time. Um, yeah, yeah. They... So their their thing is that they liked to question a lot of the what the church has believed over the past like thousands of years. They were very good at questioning those things, um, but then people with answers were often viewed as legalistic. You know, so they were more of like we should be allowed to question um, doctrines of the faith, which I agree questions are good because they lead you to the answer mm -hmm. right if they lead you to the answer like yeah. i feel like some people just question so for the sake of question do they not believe in the inerrancy of scripture I, I, I don't know about that so mars hill was calvinistic and so they used to be calvinistic some of the guys in the podcast used to be i don't think they are anymore the latest that I've heard from them, because I don't listen to their podcast, the latest that I understand is that they no longer attend church because they don't think that it's very beneficial for them. And again, that's, that's just really, really sad. sad. Yeah. Um, that community not being a part of your life is a big deal. Like, if you love Christ, you should love his bride. Right, even with her blemishes, mm -hmm. um, with those blemishes that Christ says that He's going to take away, that He um, died for. Yeah, yeah. So, all this to say, I'm sorry, it's so disparate. Is just that um, it's it's interesting to me thinking about how that church Mars Hill has had an impact on these people's lives, because you see the initial the initial um, kind of pain from the church going under and the church is splitting basically um, and how that just really sucks to be a part of something so cool like that and then have it just die. But then well, it shows you what putting your faith in people does. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of putting your faith in Christ. Exactly. And so the ripple effect of that church going under I, I just don't think um, I realized at the time how much of an effect that would have on the people who attended these churches. Basically, what I'm saying is that it, I think it's really important to be invested in the local church and not just um, passively a part of it. So the issue with that church in particular was that the main the head pastor was very um, strong-willed and, again, kind of just steamrolled everyone else. Um, and I think they, the, the eldership that they had in place um, didn't necessarily have... It was kind of a fake power. It, was, it, it all kind of funneled through him anyway. So if there was anyone who disagreed with him, he could just kind of take them out and get someone else who would well, agree with but him. But wasn't he, like, embezzling... No, no, he wasn't embezzling money. He was just using money um, so that the books that he wrote would go to the New York Times bestseller list. 
So basically, he would he would hire a PR company to buy a ton of his books, so that it looked like it sold a bunch of copies. Oh, so okay. that the word would get out about his books. You know, because they're New York Times bestseller, so you can say that. And it, it was a PR move. It wasn't him taking money. It was just using that money. I would say in a deceitful way. <laughs> Um, because you're not really selling those books well, yeah. if you're just I mean, but buying where did he get that else. money from to No, it was church money. It was like tithe. That's yeah. awful. That's that's the way that he allocated the church funds. Yeah. Yeah. To sell his books. Yeah. Whether or not I mean, I I don't know that he saw the money from his book sales necessarily. I think that would go back into the church, but it was kind of it was just a PR stunt. That's what it was. So um yeah anyways i feel like i'm getting all convoluted and all these other things but it just it kind of hits home for me the importance of being invested in your local church because believe it or not no matter how big the organizational structure is at your church how big or how small it is they need your help Mm -hmm. i can take it from me firsthand we're in a you know a mid-sized church about a thousand people on a sunday maybe a little less than that 800 to a thousand people um, we, we need, <laughs> we need each person, um, to help out how they can. We, because for, for many reasons, we want to invest in the congregation. That's part of why we exist as a church. Um, but also we want to see you using your gifts for the Lord. Um, and there's so much work to be done. Like it's not just for the staff to, to, to carry out the mission of the church. Yeah. The, the staff is there to equip the congregation um, to go out into the world. Um, so if anything, I just want this to be an encouragement to, um, to be invested, be involved in the life of your church. Because I, I believe that if there would have been more people like that in Mars Hill, in, in churches like that, um, that it wouldn't have gotten to where it did. You know, um, if more people would not have allowed him to, um, to, to lead by force, then if it he wouldn't. had that accountability. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And your church needs that as well. If you see things going on at your church, um, that you disagree with, I'm not saying you have the power to change that immediately, but I think that's an indication that you ought to get involved not even necessarily to address that issue, but to make your voice known to, um, mm-hmm. so that you are known by the leadership. They know your positions, you know them, um, so that you can have community. You know, we use small groups at our church, um, you know, depending on the size of your church. You may know everyone at your church, which is awesome. That's so cool. Um, it's really important to be a part of the church, not just yeah. attending a church. Um, so that's all I really wanted well, to it's say. it's so that you have that accountability as well. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah. And that, I mean, so that's my thoughts on like these bands, you know, it seems kind of like um, uh, pretty far from where I started, but it also makes me think about like just that lifestyle, that touring lifestyle must be really difficult. Like lonely. Yeah. It must be really easy to say, I don't need church when you're 
touring around the country for nine months out of the year. You know, when you're like, you don't have a home for nine months out of the year. Um, of course, it's going to be difficult to say that, to affirm the importance of church when you can't attend a body, like you can't get to know a congregation. It's hard enough staying married in that situation, yeah. right? Being away from your spouse for that long. I so, can't imagine. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. So I am not, I empathize, I sympathize, excuse me, with that situation. Um, but yeah, if anything, I hope, I, I hope it's an encouragement for everyone to get involved in your local church. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I've been talking for a long time. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I I thought you were going to take this in a completely different route. Mm -hmm. um, just when you said you wanted to talk about um, Christians or, yeah, like Christians in the music business, mm -hmm. I thought you wanted to go down the road of like, just just how it's really hard to stand firm in your faith in that industry is yeah. sort of where I thought you were going with that. Yeah. I mean, that's part, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it as well. It just, because then you see, <laughs> oh gosh, that's a whole can of worms, but like Christian music industry for anyone on the outside who's not been able to peer in, is not very Christian. Um, at the end of the day, it is more of an industry than it is Christianity. Mm. Um, it's much more a business about making money and catering to a certain demographic than it is um, actually. Spreading the gospel. Yeah. yeah. There may be people attempting to spread the gospel. I'm saying the system that is built around it, radio stations, um, the record labels, all that stuff. Um, is about making money, by and large. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, that, there's just been like a number of Christian artists, well, quote unquote Christian artists, um, that I can think of that have either just like completely denounced their faith mm -hmm. or have just are just in sort of like a limbo position. Like they don't know anymore, you know, like yeah, they're just not sure. And that's, oh, it's just so sad. Like it makes you wonder like, I don't know, is this just a hard time that they're going through or like, were they even a Christian to begin with? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I don't ever want to get into that industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that's definitely, it's got to be difficult. Um, you know, the Bible gives, uh, gosh, Jesus in the parable of the, the sower and the seed that got, um, choked out by thorns and fell among the rocks and, um, the Bible gives us categories for people who look like they are Christians mm -hmm. who ultimately were not. Um, but the Bible also certainly, like you said, um, <laughs> it, 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 Christians go through hard times as well. 
Um, and the Bible is not, uh, doesn't pull any punches in that area. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, we can't discern someone's heart. And I hope it hasn't sounded like that's what I've been doing. Um, because I don't want, I can't say whether or not someone's a Christian. We can judge the fruit of right. what people do. Right. Um, but we can't ultimately judge their heart. We don't have blogging websites that do that. <laughs> um, so anyways, cause speaking of blogging websites and theology and fun stuff like that, um, I read something this past weekend that I was just like, man, that is super cool. I'm on, um, crossways email list and they, uh, sent out an email oh, nice. about, uh, yeah, yeah. About Charles Spurgeon and like 10 things about Charles Spurgeon. And um, the last thing on the list was about his... I think there's a documentary coming out about Spurgeon. Oh, nice. I actually have never read anything by Spurgeon, so I need to get on that, especially after reading this list. But um, the the last thing on the list is he was emphatically Christ-centered. And there's a little quote that they pulled um, that I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Um, Okay, it says he wrote... Uh, and this is talking about Christ, not obviously Christocentric, right? So Christ and everything. It says, He himself, Jesus, is doctor and doctrine, revealer and revelation, the illuminator and the light of men. He's exalted in every word of truth because he is its sum and substance. He sits above the gospel like a prince on his own throne. Doctrine is most precious when we see it distilling from his lips and embodied in his person. Sermons are valuable in proportion as they speak of him and point to him. Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought when I read it. <laughs> that's I was awesome. Just like, Man, that is so good because it... Oh, gosh. I, you know, again, reformed, da 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 um, whatever that means to you, there's a tendency of putting doctrine first, mm. just flat out. That's the reason why Calvinists are viewed as jerks is one that a lot of them are, <laughs> <laughs> but also that doctrine becomes the doctrine becomes the sum and substance. Right. You know, here Spurgeon is talking about Christ is the sum and substance. I love that picture that he uses. Christ sits upon his gospel, mm. like. Even the gospel, the good news, is subservient to Christ himself. That's just such a cool picture, I thought. Um, and in so much as you're... you're doc- if you are... If you're studying doctrine to simply to learn more, you're off base. Like, you're doing it wrong. Um, and I say that knowing that I have done that. Mm. Like, I've just been curious and looked into things our doctrine should always, always, always be pointing us back to God to learn more of him and his right. person. Right. Um, if you're, if you're trying to learn more doctrine to know God more and to love him more, that's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we ought to, as yes. Christians, always be seeking to learn more about Christ and mm-hmm. therefore learn more doctrine. But if you're learning doctrine simply to learn, like simply to 
Just to have had knowledge yeah. over others. Yeah. If you're treating the Bible like a, a research text, um, you're doing it wrong. Again, knowing full well I have done that before. Right. Um, so I'm not taking it with a grain of salt. Um, I just thought it was so... I, I just thought that that was I've such never a, a great that. reminder. <laughs> a great reminder of um, it's all about Jesus. So good. Um, and then I've got another little excerpt. Um, I guess this would be another reco maybe. Um, you know, last week I talked about how a couple weeks ago I was on the Reformed Gamers podcast talking about Dark Souls, talking about mortifying the flesh and fighting your sin. And so that theme has kind of been in my head, like swirling around for quite a while. Uh, it's funny how a video game can do that. Um, but just about the fight against sin. And so I decided like, what are some books on fighting your sin? Because I, I don't know about you, in my experience, in my prayer life, when I ask God to reveal sin in my life, he does. <laughs> it works. It seems like almost immediately I kind of like wake up from a stupor and I'm like, oh, I'm a jerk. Like I do some pretty mean things. Like I can, oh, sorry, just drop that. Um, yeah, I can do some really stupid things and I need to change, right? And there's things that I like didn't even realize I was doing. Um, so that, I mean, just a number of things have had me thinking about fighting against sin. And so I've been looking into just some books to read, some things about fighting sin and how to do it, uh, learning different strategies. Because that's kind of one of the things I talked about in the, in the podcast is like the video game, you learn you have to learn like the different bosses and the way that, that other people fight in order to fight them. And you will end up dying a lot and fighting them again, just so that you can learn how to fight them. And I think that correlates to our fight with sin is like, we are going to fail. Um, this side of heaven, we're never going to be perfect, but we ought to always continue to fight. And we ought to let that teach us how to fight better. So, so I've been thinking like, okay, what are some like strategies to do that? Obviously there are Christian disciplines like prayer and reading scripture. And those are the primary things. Um, it, it's not, it is never divorced from those things, but I'm also thinking of like, what are some specific ways? What are some other strategies? Um, so, uh, the first book that came to mind when I started searching and if you search for like how to fight sin on Google, there are a bunch of top. 10 books list and this one always makes top 10 it's the mortification of sin by john owen i love this book i've only read it once um but i've got a tattoo all the way up my leg that was kind of um inspired by some of what this book talks about i just love it i think it's great um but i've been reading it again and there's a quote here that i was kind of like oh man how could i there's a lot of thoughts that I have, but one of them is like, how could I forget this? You know, like how could I have kind of just grown, grown, um, complacent, like content with where I am, I guess. Stagnant? Somewhat stagnant in, I guess like the fight against sin. So anyways, before I continue, let me just go ahead and read this out of the mortification of sin. Um, <laughs> Okay. If then sin will be always acting and will be not always mortifying, we are lost creatures. 
He that stands still and suffers his enemies to double blows upon him without resistance will undoubtedly be conquered in the issue. If sin be subtle, watchful, strong, and always at work in the business of killing our souls, and we be slothful, negligent, foolish in proceeding to the ruin thereof, can we expect a comfortable event? There is not a day but sin foils or is foiled, prevails or is prevailed on, and it will be so whilst we live in this world. So this is just a reminder. Sin is always seeking to destroy you. Like, yes, we are Christians, right? We're new creations in Christ. Um, but there's still the presence of sin in our lives. Our, our flesh still um, wants us to sin. And it's going to continually fight against the spirit so that we would sin. And often I don't think about that. So I don't think of fighting against sin. I think of more like maintaining instead of conquering. Mm. And like that passage just really stuck out to me. Like, oh man, how am I intentionally fighting against sin? Man, again, there's like, there's spiritual disciplines, right? Definitely. And that, and those help. I'm not saying that they don't, that is a way to fight against sin. Um, but I think there's also just a sense in which that I hadn't been cognitively thinking about fighting against particular sins in my life. So hopefully that's an encouragement, fighting against sin, because it's fighting against you. Whether or not you're, whether or not you would say you're struggling with a particular sin right now, um, sin is attempting. You are at war, so don't back down. That's my two cents. I'm done. I'm done. That's all. Those are all my topics. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No. All righty. I'm having a hard time keeping my eyes open. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have any recommendations? I, think I put a little too much rum in my hot toddy, Whoa. and now I'm ready for night. All right. Do you have any recommendations before we sign off? Um. Okay. Oh wait, no. Um. The new, um, yeah, yeah, it was this Monday's episode. Uh, the new Sheologians episode. It was super awesome. Sheologians. <laughs> Just picture Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam does this thing where if you've heard the um, intro to Sheologians, it, it sounds like, a, like an intro of like an 80s metal song. And you have this guy, like, basically, he sounds like the lead singer of Striper, just yelling out, <laughs> Sheologians! And um, Samantha would, like, mouth the words whenever it would come up. She'd, you know, like, air guitar and mouth the words. And Ollie totally picked up on it. <laughs> he does it now, and it's so funny. It's hilarious. Um, so anyways, anyways, Monday's episode yeah. of Sheologians. Yes. Yes. I mean, just that I, I'm pretty sure I've recoed that podcast before. But um, uh, yeah, they did uh, an episode on um, why they believe that women can't be pastors. And it's just a really, <gasps> really, really good episode. Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You can make so many snarky comments, but I'm not going to. Um, cool. Yep. It was really good. Sweet. All right. I'll put those links. Uh, Sheologians, Mortification of Spin, Dividing Line. 
Mortification of spin. Of spin. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's the podcast that is named that because of the book. Mortification uh. of Sin by John Owen. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to talk to us, you can contact us on Twitter. It is at so underscore talk to me, or you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. We did say so talk to me in this episode. I did. I made a point made because a point. the past two weeks, Good job, we babe. haven't done it. Good job. But we did it this time. Good job. All right. Episode 25 is in the can. In the in the can. Yeah, the can. The can of... Can of whooper. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> Good night. I'm so tired. <laughs>